going to share with you a beautiful idea today for tonight, the fifth. One second. For today, the fifth day of Hanukkah, leading into Shabbos, Hanukkah. And uh, we're, we're going to discuss an idea on the Parsha and also tie it into Hanukkah and hopefully come up with a novel answer to the famous Beis Yosef's question, the question of why we celebrate eight nights of Hanukkah when really only seven were miraculous. The first day was natural. The oil was enough to burn for one day. The miracle was only seven days. So in this week's Parsha, Yosef is thrown into prison. At the end of last week's Parsha, he was accused of a cost of uh, molesting the, his, his master's wife and was thrown into jail, and he was in jail for 10 years. At the end of the 10 years, two of his the servants, uh, Paro's servants who were in jail with him had dreams, and Yosef translated their dreams, and uh, his dreams came true. And Yosef at the end said to the one, one of them, he said, you're going to be killed by Paro, and the other one said that Paro is going to restore you to your original to your original place. And uh, that was the... Uh, the cupbearer of Paro. And Joseph says, and on that day that you're restored to your place, please don't forget me. Please remember me to Paro, and uh, hopefully Paro will release me. And it says, and everything came true, and the chief uh, cupbearer did not remember Yosef, and he forgot him. So um, Rashi and the commentators explained that Yosef was forced to remain in jail for another two years because he asked um, the cupbearer to remember him twice. Two times he said, first he said, um, if you remember me, when things go well for you, please do me a favor and mention me to Pyro and get me out of prison. And uh, and he's, because of the fact that he said, he's, he emphasized it twice to remember me, um, he was punished with two extra years in prison because he put his faith in a human being and not in Hashem. In this week's Parsha, Paro has a dream. It says, After two years, the end of two years, Paro had a dream. And Paro woke up and he was looking for someone to interpret his dream. And suddenly the cupbearer suddenly remembered, oh, wait a minute, there's a guy in prison, a Jewish guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's very good at dream interpretation. Maybe you can uh, bring him out and he can interpret Paro's dream. So the Medrash, the Talmud says that when it says it was at the end of two years and Paro dreamed the dream, the Talmud says that Paro actually dreamt this dream every single night for the duration of two years. And the question is, why did he, and yet every morning when he woke up, he forgot the dream. So, what was the point of having the dream if he forgot it every single night? And he only finally remembered it after uh, two years later. So what was the point of having that dream? So I want to share with you a beautiful idea from Rav Pinchas of Karts, one of the primary students of the Baal Shem Tov. Rav Pinchas Karts' last name was Shapiro, um, is famous was famous as one of the great masters of the early Hasidic movement. And Rav Pinchas of Karas asked this question of why Paro remembered the dream 
uh, only after two years, and yet he had it every night for the past two years. And he answers with a story from the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov was one time traveling in the forest with one of his disciples. And his disciple, his name was Rav Mendel, was very thirsty. He said, I wish we had some water. And the Baal Shem Tov said to him, if you really believed in Hashem, then water would appear miraculously. And Rav Mendel stopped what he was doing, closed his eyes, and he went into deep meditation. And then he opened his eyes and said, I believe that Hashem can bring me water. Without a split second after the words left his mouth, they heard a rustling. They looked up ahead in the path, and there was a, a non-Jewish peasant coming down the way. And they stopped, and he said, have you seen my cows? I lost my ta- my cows three days ago. Have you seen any cows this way? And the Baal Shem Tov and Rav Pinchaskar said, no, sorry, we didn't see any cows. And then I said, by the way, do you happen to have any water? He said, of course, here, take, take some water. And they drank, and they continued on their way. And Rav Mendel turned to the Baal Shem Tov, and he said, I don't understand. I get it that if you have trust in Hashem, that anything, whatever you need will will be brought to you. But why did this man have to lose his cows and three days ago in order to bring me water now? Said the Baal Shem Tov that for the past three days, God was just waiting for you to have betach and to have faith in him. And at any moment in the past three days that you had, the water would have appeared. So he answers the same idea here, that for those two years that Yosef had spoken to the cupbearer to get him out of prison, Yosef, for those two years, put his faith in the cupbearer. And every day he prayed, he thought, oh, maybe today the cupbearer will talk to Paro on my behalf, and maybe today I'll get out. He forgot that the goal is to have faith in God. But the second he had faith in God, after those two years were up, he gave up all hope of being rescued. The very next moment, Power remembered his dream. Says of Pinchas of Cards, every single day of those two years, Hashem was ready, ready to get him out of jail. He was just waiting for Yosef to stop having faith in the cupbearer and to restore his faith in God alone. And at that moment, Power would have remembered his dream. So this story really, in our own times, fits in perfectly to a story that happened to a Jewish uh, Rabbi Rabushkin was a uh, a Jew who who had a, a business who he uh, a slaughterhouse and he they they made some I guess some legal errors I don't know the gravity I haven't read all the books or know all the details but from what everyone I've heard has been to- has told me that it was he was arrested and on very high trumped up charges I think Pedo was involved and there it's a whole it was a whole scandal and. People felt that he was guilty of something, but the, uh, in terms of like hiring illegal workers or something, but the the level of guilt was did not nearly punishment did not fit the crime. He was given like 18 years in prison, and it was beyond. and And everyone felt that the judge was anti-Semitic, and it was a big problem. Um, and he found himself in jail, and he was in jail for several years. And he really had tried to have faith the whole time. But after at one day, it was around Hanukkah time, he got a letter, and it said your appeal has been denied. You have to serve your complete sentence. And he was just so down. He felt like he was ready to give up. He had been waiting all this time. His lawyers had been back and forth and he couldn't figure out why he got this letter in the mail and his lawyers didn't even tell him. And he re- he called his lawyers and they said, oh, we just didn't have the heart to tell you because we just felt so, so bad for you. And that was it. He felt like he had no one left he can count on. And at that last moment, in the moment of despair, he said, you know what? Hashem can get me out. Hashem gave me out and he restored his faith. The next day was the eighth night of Hanukkah. Time of miracles. And suddenly, uh, just to, right after he lit his candles, 
someone, a guard comes in the room and says, come with me. Grab all your stuff. Come with me. He's like, what's going on? He's like, come with me. No time for questions. And he kept, picked up his stuff. He was actually in the middle of a meal. He said, can I just finish? Can I finish uh, saying the blessing after the meal? They're like, no, you have to come right now. And he goes to the other room and said, you're free. You were pardoned by the president. And he walked free at that moment. And he says in his book, because at that moment he gave up all other hope and he turned just to God. So what does it have to do with Hanukkah? Um, I heard a story this morning um, about a, a rabbi who used to have a hut in the woods where he would spend most of his time learning and studying into the deep hours of the night. And one night his candle burned out. He had no other source of light, but he was really wanted to keep learning. And he prayed to God, please send me a candle. Just then there was a knock on the door of his hut, literally in the middle of the woods. And there was a man standing there holding a candle. And he handed him the candle and, and walked away. And he felt that this was a miraculous intervention. And that candle became his most prized possession. And one day there was a fire in his house and all of his possessions were destroyed. It's actually uh, the person the story happened is called known as the Altar of Navardic, a great a Jewish leader. And he said, um, he said that he, he was very distraught. He lost all his possessions, but the one thing that really bothered him um, was the candle that he lost because that was the only possession that he really valued it to him. It was a sign of open miracles that God surrounds him with. And, and uh, he had a dream that night that said that the reason all his possessions were destroyed was because of his relationship with that candle. In the dream, he was told that he put his faith, he, that that candle to him represented a, a miracle of God, and he was ignoring the miracles that are around us every moment. I just learned an amazing piece this morning from the Chovas Alavavas. Chovas Alavavas was Rabbeinu Bachia, who lived in Spain about a thousand years ago. And he wrote in Arabic, was later translated into Hebrew. And the Chovas Alavavas is an amazing, amazing book about faith in God and, and uh, the duties of the heart. It's translated in, in English. And he writes that a person is normally excited by unusual events like earthquakes, thunder, lightning, um, eclipses. And to those, he, he gets very blown away by the, the, by the beauty of nature. But the things that are every single day occurrences, like sunrise, sunset, the fact that the earth is orbiting the sun and that the cosmos and gravity and, uh, and the miracles of water and the human birth, the way the process of birth, all the incredible animals around us at all times. He says, we have to live our life recognizing that there are miracles around us every second, as opposed to just getting excited by the unusual miracles, right? The definition of a miracle is this temporary cessation of the laws of nature. We have to recognize that the laws of nature are themselves miraculous. He said a person should live their life as if they're bl they've been blind every moment until right now, and they've just opened their eyes, and suddenly they see a world. How exciting every single thing will be. How miraculous every single color and movement and shape and, and existence. We have to live our life recognizing that everything around us is a miracle. The Talmud tells us a story of the, the daughter of one of the Talmudic sages, Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa. His daughter one, one day was lighting Shabbos candles, and she accidentally filled up the, oil, the, uh, the, the candles with vinegar instead of oil. 
and it was and it was Shabbos, and of course they didn't burn. And she started crying to her father. I feel so bad. I didn't. I had. I, I used vinegar instead of oil. And he turned to her and he said, "The God who makes oil burn can also make vinegar burn." And there was a miracle, and the vinegar burned. What does that mean? That we have to recognize that everything around us is a miracle. Every single thing. When I mean, we really get that, we don't need to play the game of nature. Everything is possible. When you really get that there's no such thing as nature, God is the master of nature, programming the nature into the system every moment, he can suspend those laws as well. We just have to trust in him and recognize the true miraculousness of our existence. So that, my friends, I believe is the message of the first night of Hanukkah. All right, We said that seven days of Hanukkah were miraculous. The oil burned. The first day, that was natural. The answer is the first day was the greatest miracle. That oil can burn is a miracle that we have to recognize and be thankful for and see the greatness of even the most mundane natural things. Wishing you a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos and a beautiful Hanukkah.